As you know, we've been dealing with the topic of courage throughout the year. This morning, we'll be dealing with courage to deal with stress and anxiety. Hey, what about stress? Hey, stress. <laughs> That's stress for us. Amen. According to Oxford Dictionary, pressure or tension, stress is pressure or tension exerted on material object. Now, how na le stress rohobana kadigezo? Because you are an object material, your behavior will tell us that you are stressed. It's a demand on physical or mental energy. You stress because we need to succeed in an area. You know when you want to succeed, when you've set the bar to a certain level, you stretch to, see, to reach that, uh, that level. I mean, you, it's not long last week. Was it last week when we have Soweto Marathon? You should have seen them stressing, going to the finishing line. That was powerful, Bazalwan. You stress because you want to be an achiever. Yes, sometimes it's healthy, sometimes it's not a healthy stress. Amen. And when we talk about anxiety, anxiety is concern about something. An earnest or uneasily wanting or trying to please or wanting to be successful in life is the unease in the mind. Amen. It is the body's way of responding to any kind of demand. When there is a demand on you, on you, your body will respond. Your body will react. We'll understand that very soon. Amen. So our bodies react to stress by releasing a chemical into the blood. So there's something, adrenaline, right? so that you escape. Amen. But it can also be a bad thing if the stress is in response to something emotional and there is no outlet for extra energy and strength. Amen. Thank God we have Jesus, our scapegoat. So whenever we stress, we cast all our burdens unto Jesus for he cares for us. Amen. That Psalms 55 verse 23, it says, cast your burdens on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. So you know that as children of God, as the born again cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, we cannot afford to stress. It's too expensive for us. Amen. So the basis of Christianity is in the Trinity. Who are the Trinity? What is their role? The Father? What's the role of the father? He is the source of everything. What's the role of the son? He is the word, the word that is spoken. According to John, he says, uh, the word become flesh, and that is our Jesus. So when you accept the word of God, when you accept Jesus, you've accepted the word of God, and the word will never go back void unto God. It must produce in your life. That's your Jesus there. And the Holy Spirit? He's a teacher, he's a counselor, he's a comforter. He's the one who reveals the mysteries of the kingdom of God to us. So when you have a close relationship with the Holy Spirit, this revelation comes upon you and you are able to act with wisdom and understanding. Amen. So as human beings, we are fortunate to have Christ, uh, this 
Trinity upon our lives because that's the basis of, uh, of Christianity. If you don't understand that, you won't understand how to walk and please God. You won't be able to glorify God like music group was leading us. Amen. Amen. So mankind was, was created with three parts. What are the three parts? Soul, body, and spirit. Amen. So soul, body, and spirit, they all have their own functions too. And as human beings, we must express ourselves through the soul, body, and spirit. Now, when you have stress, it must be expressed through body. Okay. There is a stickman example that I want us to, to, to watch on the screen, and it will explain something. Now, the stigman is this, the part of the body, the mind, the body, and the results. The mind is divided into two. That's why in an African language, it's difficult to divide the mind and the soul. Or something. Now, the mind is that part where we interact. For example, when you are a child, you don't know anything. There is no risk for you. You can go into fire. You can throw yourself into water. You can do anything. Why? Because your mind has not been taught. So with the mind, we have the, sub, the conscious mind, the mind that we interact with the world with, the mind that touches, the mind that smells, the mind that... Okay. The mind that touches, the mind that smells, the mind that hears and so on. So that's, part, that's how we interact with life. To be able for me, when they introduce me to Mang this to Murutiwala... I didn't know that it's Murutiwala until somebody, I just saw a man. And someone told me that that's Murutiwala. And I told my subconscious, that's Murutiwala. So anytime I see Murutiwala, I'm able to say, that's Murutiwala. Does it make sense? So we teach our subconscious mind and our body will react. So we get the results because if ever no one told me that it's Murutiwala, I wouldn't call him by name. So does it make sense? Now, stress is when I don't know Murutiwala. I can't say anything about Murutiwala. I want to speak to I want to call him my name. I stress because I don't know his name. The subconscious is not informed. I see the man, but I don't understand. My computer is empty. There's nothing to retrieve from my computer because I can't call him by name. There is nothing because there was no information until somebody introduces me to Murutiwala and says, that's Murutiwala. And then I'll be able to say, I know Murutiwala. Even if it's not in the church, wherever we are, I can say Murutiwala. Christianity is like that. We respond to what we know. We need to read the word of God so that when we see the word of God, when we see circumstances and situation, I should know what the Bible says about that situation so that I overcome that situation. If I'm quiet, I can't speak to my mountains. Does it help us to understand that? Okay, the second part of the... Okay. Now you realize with feelings, with what is tangible, that's why we cannot serve God with our five senses. The sense of seeing, of hearing, of smelling, of taste and touch. I can't serve God with that because that is on the surface. I need to go deeper. 
with my God. I need to know God and understand the Spirit of God. And for me to understand the Spirit of God, as I read my Bible, the Bible translates into life in my subconscious. So when you confess the word of God, you speak about what God says to you and that's what you see. Whatever you say, the Bible says to you, that you will receive. Does it help us to understand the difference now? Now, and as we realize, you have the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, and the body will respond. For example, people who were sick, when they were brought to Jesus, what was their understanding? He's the healer. He is able to heal. Now, somebody told the woman with the issue of blood, what happened? He heard, she heard or she had seen Jesus passing. And he says, let me, he told the subconscious, subconscious, if you can touch the hem of Jesus, the body will respond. Does it make sense? Now, here it is. After hearing about Jesus, he says, Here is Jesus. I've suffered for 12 years. Now I know, I have information that tells me I can overcome the sickness and disease. So knowing what Jesus is capable of, and I want to find out from you, do you know what Jesus is capable of? Now if you know, when you hear about Jesus, go to Jesus, tell yourself something, because if you don't tell yourself something, you will never receive anything from Jesus. So she told herself something to say, only if I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And the Bible says, as soon as she touched the hem of his garment, she received what she said. She didn't receive what Jesus said. It was not Jesus who said, touch me the hem of my garment. It's the woman herself. And because she did the very, she believed in a way, she she had faith in her words, and that on its own translated to divine healing of the body because you get results. Does it help us to understand our salvation so that it's not a mystery, it's not difficult, it's not drinking snake. There's no way in the Bible that says, eat the snake, eat the dog, or eat whatever, then you'll get your healing. Faith in Jesus. Believing in Jesus, understanding that Jesus is well able to do that which he has promised. That's what will help us to be overcomers. Think about Jacob. When Jacob was working for Laban, do you still remember how Laban would change the wages of Jacob? And what did Jacob do? It was said, your salary will be spotted and wrinkled, something like that. Jacob understanding that when you see and when you believe, he, he made it possible that as the sheep or the lamp was mating, they would face areas that will be the results that she wanted. So my question is, as you have challenges in life, where are you focusing? That produced simply because of, he says, I'm going to create an environment whereby there is spots and wrinkles. I know it's my wage. For me to increase my wages, I'm going to make this sheep, whatever the flock, to look that direction. And as they were mating their minds, it affected what they were seeing. 
ne ba re ha o batla ngwana ngwanyana wetseng wa pare duku ka nako tsa teng okay batla interpret ba thwa teng e thanto interpret wa tswana se interpreting but now this is the understanding when you plan for something when you see it when you believe it you'll receive it but if ever you don't see anything if you read the bible and you don't comprehend anything what will you receive from the word of god nothing stress stress you'll be forever coming to church not receiving simply because of there is nothing that you believe in your heart so wherever you are as a christian just know that it's your choice it's, you can't blame it on the preacher what do you do i mean it's like now it's exam times and those who is not those who the teacher never stood in front of them it's those who did not study now you realize stress comes because we didn't do right and because we didn't do right we cannot expect right uh, right results you receive the results of that we do if no jiver you know i'm told that people who are making they stress they faint because you are writing me tall for your answers yo okay now what does the what causes stress it's many different things your environment i mean the bible says we are spiritual we are in this world but we are not of this world for the fact that i'm in an environment that is not friendly to me it will it will be stressful to me But God has given us a way of escape. God has given us a way that we can overcome the world. And it's all through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. So it's quite important for us to understand why other people are maturing as Christians, why others are not maturing. The difference is the focus. Amen. Psalms chapter 9 from verse 1. What the word of God says about stress. The Lord is the refuge for the oppressed and a stronghold in times of trouble. So whenever you go through challenges, where do you go? If But if you trust in the living God, God will come through for you. That's what the scripture says. So now when you trust in the living God, some people they want to get God results, but they don't go to where God is. Amen. So be aware that in the presence of God it's a secure place, a secure hide, a place of shelter because you realize David was saying this because in the Old Testament you know that the city set walls and he understood that if ever I'm in the presence of God I it's like I'm a walled city. No weapon formed against me will prosper simply because of the wall of God around my life. So whenever you have that, the wall of God, protection of God, you can't have stress in your life. Amen. Psalms chapter 16 verse 8. It says, I have set the law always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. 
So Basalwan, we cannot be shaken like the world is shaken because you know that your God is Jehovah and your God is able to do great exploits for you. So trust in the living God. And Psalm 34 verse 17 to 19 it says, The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. You know, Mudimu can't stand the cry of a human being. Anytime you read in the Bible whereby a human being cried, the Bible says, God intervened. Sometimes you don't cry. If my people who are called by me, if they seek me, we don't seek God enough. That's why God can't intervene. Think about Peter when Jesus was walking on the water. And P uh, Jesus said to Peter, uh, Peter is asking Jesus, Jesus, if it's you, ask me to come. Jesus says, come. For the mere fact that Jesus, uh, Peter's faith was on Jesus, he was able to walk on the water. But the minute he risen, he started sinking. Now you realize sinking is because your focus is no longer on Jesus. Your focus is somewhere else. And that will cause stress. And that's why Jesus was saying, Peter, you were doing well. What is it that distracted you? Like us as Christians, you were doing well. You love the God. First year, you were dancing. Come and dance because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Come and dance because you understand what the Lord has done for you. Amen. It says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all, not some. From them all. If this is true, why are we stressing? Help us. Help my unbelief, Lord. You still remember a man came to Jesus and said, help my unbelief, Lord. Psalms 46 verse 1. It says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. That's why in the book of Romans it says, renew your mind. When you get born again, you need to reset your mind, not to work as the world works, but to work as the, to, to start reasoning as Jesus would reason. See the world through the eyes of Jesus. See the world through the, just like, uh, do you still remember in Numbers 13, the story of Caleb and Joshua when they went to spy the land with the other people, there were 12 all in all. The Bible says they were given the message, indeed, Canaan had giants. Canaan had fruit. Canaan had, it was, it's what they see. They refuse to interpret what they see with what the subconscious know. But they decided to say, the word of God says, we are well able. Now you need to say to yourself, I am well able. You can overcome simply because of, you have the word of God, it's stored in you. You know, you are like a computer. If in computer there is just word, nothing, no Excel or something, it doesn't matter how much I want to add to what, it will never interpret that for me. Your brain is like that. If there's no word of God in your subconscious, there's no way you can interpret the things of God. 
So that's why Joshua told, God said to Joshua, in Joshua chapter 1, meditate on the word day and night and observe to do. He didn't say theorize the Bible. As you meditate, observe to do what is written. Most of us are defeated because we are not practicing Christians. Amen. So be aware that God is our refuge and strength. And God is impenetrable. You cannot penetrate God. That's why Jesus gave the word. No weapon formed against the church will prosper. There's no way that the devil can pass the devil. Then why is God God if the devil can overcome God? We need to understand the scriptures and start practicing the scripture, realizing that we are protected. We are God's apple. We are the apple of God's eye. You know, an eye automatically closes if something wants to attack the eye. It automatically, it protects the people. So understand that's who you are before God. Anything that tries to attack you, if you trust in the living God, automatically the eye closes and you are protected. That's the word of God. That's what we need to believe. That's what we we need to act on because that is possible for each and every one of us. It's not for some. It says all. All for God so loved all of us, not some of us. And we need to realize that only when we practice the word of God, it's only then that you, I mean, you know, when they do statistics, they would say South Africa is a Christian country. They confess. It means we say it, but we don't believe it. I mean, the question is why high crime when we are Christian? What laws are we observing? Because if we're Christians, we'll observe the Bible. We'll live according to the Bible. We'll do everything according to the Bible. And when we do, when we act on the word of God, the word of God is forever true. The word of God will never fail. If the word of God in Ezekiel 37 was able to raise those dry bones, dry bones, not just the bones that human beings died yesterday, they were already dry. It means... Maro. There was no more marrow in those bones. It was dried up. But God said to Ezekiel, speak to the bones. Why didn't God speak to God? He wanted Ezekiel to speak to the bones. Why? So that God, you realize that it's not about God. It's about you speaking the right thing to the situation. When you speak that thing, it will come to pass. God will show himself mighty. Otherwise, God could have spoken to the bones, but he allowed Ezekiel to speak to the bones. And the Bible says, as soon as Ezekiel started speaking to the bones, everything came together. In the value of bones. life. If you want life, what are you saying? Things wants to nyagaza, but you are quiet. For things to nyagaza, it depends what you say. Amen. Psalms 94, verse 19. When my anxious inner thoughts become overwhelming, your comfort encourages me. When you are anxious, 
You know the scripture that says David encouraged himself in the Lord. It's true even for you. God is no respecter of persons. He says, uh, the comfort of God extends from his hearing the call of the righteous to his meeting their needs, even when they are not aware of them. We just had communion this morning. And it says, this is a remembrance of what the Lord has done. And as I remember, I get excited to say, I am well. Because he took all my infirmities. He took everything. I, 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 I partook of the communion. And I understand with his blood, he cleansed me. Can you imagine all of us here, by now, we should be so clean, so pure. But most of us, we partake the communion without faith. And that's why you are still heavily laden simply because you didn't, you, you didn't believe in the very act that Dr. Matolo was telling us about. That very act should have cleansed us. Because what, when I remember what the Lord has done for me, it's like he's doing it all over again for me. There should be no guilt. There should be nothing among us. We should, God, even if we can say, let the fire from heaven fall down upon us now. We'll be so pure that none will perish. I get the fire of God purifies. So those that will burn are those who didn't confess. He said, I give you an opportunity to confess before you do anything. Did you do it? Or you confess so that you get the cup. After that, you pick up your problems. And that's where we are most of them. You go back to your problems. You go back to your stresses. So you need to be aware that when God is, when Peter was drowning, he called out to Jesus. What did Jesus do? God cannot stand the cry of a man. God will always intervene when man cries. You still remember Cain and Abel when Cain killed Abel. And when, when, uh, uh, and the God says, the blood of Abel, the cry of Abel. So realize that as Christians, we have no excuse. If you stress from today, it's your choice. It's your choice. You choose to stress. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. Your mathematics or your arithmetic says one plus one is two. But when it comes to marriage, one plus one is still one. That's God's mathematics. And if we observe that mathematics, we will not divorce. Getting tough. You allow stress causes divorce. Okay. Okay. It says, trust in the Lord with all your hand and lean not on your own. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Bazalwani, the scripture is clear. It doesn't need interpretation. He will make your path straight. What does it mean? It simply means, if I'm married and I meet another Hank, Opalam Bishop Mosa, 
and about a girl. guided by the Lord, I'll say me too. But if I'm guided by, my walk will be so straight, my path will be so straight, and then I say, taken. Taken. I will never even entertain that it doesn't matter what are his looks, what is happening in his life, simply because I understand the word and I act on the word. And ukila bona eh you know life can be cruel ba go gasa tsa silelelwanne and it's rough you are tempted because why to go go selego go ga but when you know your story when you know the truth you know who you are irrespective whether you fought or not you know your path is straight you understand you don't lean on your own understanding you're not looking for alternatives but you stand on the word of god you believe the word of god you act on the word of god then you don't cause stress because can you imagine if ever man khaza that day because I say yes. Can you imagine the stress? Kokala ke bua maaka go gae. Kokala ke ba le di meeting tse seyong. Stress. Stress. And I created the stress. That's why I get a stress is your choice. Amen. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 25. Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. Just tell yourself or wait again. Magatso ke go rata maru chichirizitse ka sheko ntsolewaka, la u chichirizitse ntsolewaka. That way. You are good you are, because you are protected. You don't deny that you are stressed but you act right in your stress. Most of us we make wrong decisions when we are stressed and that's why we stress even more. Amen. Isaiah 35 verse 4 it says Say to those who have an anxious heart be strong fear not behold your God will come with vengeance with the recompense of God He will come and save you. God will come and save you. It means the Lord will always offer salvation for you. The Lord will give you a way of escape in life. The Lord secures his sovereignty and keeps his community. We are the community of God and God will stay Lord because can you imagine when you when God is your big boss, when you go to the big boss and say big boss is bad and the big boss says I'm scared. Sure. Another stress on top of stress. And that's why even if you knew your dad was small whenever people try to stress you will tell them I'm going to tell my dad they, even if they haven't seen him just the thought of saying I'm going to tell my dad heads off no one touches you Now your heavenly father who is the creator of heaven and earth who owns everything who is the source of everything in life he says don't stress all is yours You still remember the story of the prodigal son. The youngest took everything and the the elderly when the younger when the youngest came back home. What did he say, "Father, why not?" And he says, "Don't stress. 
He has eaten his portion. Everything you see is yours. We don't understand that we act like an elderly son. We don't understand that because we are still in the house of God, everything is... Once you go out of the house of God, you'll have a riotous living and the devil will take from you. And my prayer is stay in the house of God. To, to reduce, I mean, can you imagine coming from a well-to-do family and next thing, because of wrong decisions in life, stressing, not understanding the covering, not understanding that God is there for you. God is protecting you. You create stress for yourself because parenthood or an adult or owning something, you need to maintain it. You know, I was telling them at 7 o'clock, there was someone who bumped me, who bumped my car, and it had a dent. I needed to repair it. So what happened is that hey, I was so stressed because I was from somewhere coming to, going somewhere, and they bumped me. Sure, painful. But at the end of the day, okay, the car needed to be fixed. So what happened is this, uh, we, we exchange addresses, whatever you do whenever you are involved in an accident. But because I didn't have a quotation, I couldn't say this is the cost to repair the car. I think it took a month or so. Unfortunately, the person passed on. When the car got fixed, he was already passed. And unfortunately, I sent, uh, fortunately, I sent an SMS to say this is the cost from fixing the car and so on. Now, he's from another faith. I won't, I won't promote the faith, but he's from another faith. And what happened after his death, the family read his messages from the phone and so on. They realized because there was my number, there was everything. We were communicating not with a mobile phone, with a real phone. <laughs> now, they were able to contact me because it was not a mobile phone. Someone called me from Zambia. It's not long and says... Are you this and this and this? I'm a brother to so-and-so. And so we are aware that so-and-so owes you this amount because he had bumped you and so on. There's an agreement because there was communication with SMS, even if they were not regular. Now he says, we want to repay. And it was like, oh, I've even, you know, it was like I've scratched the debt. I've forgotten because after I've sent him that amount, he didn't respond. So I didn't want to stress. I wanted to enjoy life, so I said, let it go. I received this call, and yesterday, after Minister of Helps, we made an appointment to meet somewhere, somewhere, but it's a real place, and I met the people. <laughs> and when I met them, this is what the brother says to me. In our faith, when someone is dead, we, the living, must cover for his deaths. Otherwise, we will have no peace. And they gave me the money I paid, not without even a receipt because I had already sent an SMS long ago. So I was giving money. So <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. 
So all I'm trying to say is, when you trust in the living God, when you act on the word of God, can you imagine? It was not their fault, but they want peace because they are committed to a cause. What about us as Christians when the Bible says, Oh, no man, nothing but love. And we had so many deaths. May God forbid. Let's learn to understand. We are creating stress. God says, don't ask. Rather ask. You can't continue with life like that. Don't cause stress. It's not just for the other person, yourself. Can you imagine? Because, I mean, these are the people I don't know. Fortunately enough, they came with a car that bumped me and I could identify that's the car that bumped me. And they said, yes, we are the brothers. I'm not. Okay. So we realize that God always offers us salvation. God wants us to prosper. Isaiah 40 verse uh, 30 to 31, it says, Even youth grows tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. Young people, I was once 16 years, I was once 21 years. So it shows that you are not young forever. You know, sometimes we live as though we are forever young. Physically, you cannot be forever young, but spiritually, you can be forever young. You can be at the place where God will always... Listen to what this scripture says. It says, But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. God will renew. Whenever you are discouraged, whenever you feel anxious, God will renew your strength when you trust in the living God. That's what it, it says. They will soar like eagles. You know an eagle, it flies high. That's why the eagle molecation in detail. I did you. But you're so high, it goes up the mountains. You will, can you imagine? Your life is compared to that of as an eagle, and you are better than an eagle. But we can't fly because we can't move. They will run and not get weary. They will walk and not faint. That's what the Bible says about those who trust in the living God. So stress is a sign that you are not trusting in God. (laughs) I'm in a good class. It's fine. So you cannot compare human strength with the power of God. Those with confident expectation and active hope in the Lord never have passive resignation. You know, most of us, we are coming to church every week. We attend all services, but spiritually, we are stagnant. Why is that? It's simply because we are not doers of the word. We are happy to attend services, but we don't act on the word. We forget the word. We are like someone who goes and quick, who, who watches himself on the mirror and quickly forgets what he observed on the mirror. 
May God help us that when we go to the mirror, which is the word of God, once it shows me to say, I repent. I start speaking the truth. I start expressing the, the faithfulness of God. I, I, I want to be, the Bible says we are a walking epistles. I should be a testimony. You should read the Bible from my lifestyle. But is it possible? My lifestyle should glorify God. Let them see the word. I should love unconditionally. I should forgive unconditionally. I should be able to interact with anybody simply because I'm a living testimony. But what is happening? You know, uh, Bishop Saiki, who was here last week from Ghana, he calls Noah, uh, Pastor Noah. And he said, God, it's true, it's there in the Bible, in, in Genesis chapter 6, that God told Noah to build an ark. It was like in Jobek, there's no coast, there's no sea, there's no water. Why build a big ship or a big ark in, the, in, in a dry land? It didn't make sense, and it took him years to build it. But once he completed that, the Bible says the pastor calls everybody. It's like building a church, starting a ministry, and you're calling people, and people refusing to come. Only two by two came. Now, can you imagine, while everything was in the wild, it was an enemy against each other. Once they entered the ark, there was peace. Anything that, that attacked anyone inside the house, inside the ark, because ark represented the protection of God. And now what happened when the floods came? The Bible says all those that were outside the ark, they all died. Now if are you in the ark or outside the ark? Because in the ark there is peace. In the ark there is joy. In the ark we should relate. Love should prevail inside the ark. Why are we allowing the things of the world to come into the ark? The Bible says, after the water has subsided, after the land became dry, they all came out saved, two by two, and life continues, and you are the product of that life. Can you imagine if human beings fought each other inside the, tar- the, the ark? There would be no human race. So do you realize that if you are fighting inside the house of God, what are you doing to the next generation? May God help us to realize that we need to live peaceable and quiet lives in all godliness. That's what the Bible says to us. Without stress, life without stress, life where we honor what God says about us. Psalms 41 verse 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's what God wants to do for you. Trust in the living God. Trust and believe that God will see you through. That's why David would write Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of death, I fear nothing. It doesn't mean there's no valley of death. There is valley of death, but I'll walk through it. I'm not going to die in that valley because I trust in the living God. 
Even if I see the God, I see Goliath, I would still stand like David and that. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this person who doesn't have covenant with the living God? Let it be that our covenant with the living God is what will give you courage to deal with stress. To understand that God has given you the, a way of escape in life. Amen. What did Jesus say about stress? Matthew chapter 6 verse 25 to 27. It says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Basalani, if you are about to die now, no one can manage that. It's your appointment with God. Let's have a leave. You are all going to die one day. perfume five So live right so that you face death with a smile. You face you are prepared. Paul is saying, for me to die. It's gay. I'm out of this world that is troublesome. That's the reality of death. So live a life understanding that you are an eternal being. You are not just flesh and blood. So that's what Jesus is saying. You shouldn't worry about anything. In Matthew 6, 34, he says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. You know, most of us, we've wasted many days. Move on. Understand the realities of it. Don't stress about certain things. Don't bring yesterday's problems to today. Because you won't enjoy today. Live a stressless life. You cannot change what has already happened. But one thing for sure, your life is to have hope, have, believe, have faith in God, and know that God will give you victory in life. Don't mourn about things that you cannot change. Amen. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Rest comes from the Father only. Take my yoke and learn from me. Take my yoke. Why is Jesus Christ saying, learn from me? Okay, look, Jesus has stress. There's no scripture in the Bible that tells us about the bad incidents said Jesus Christ. And he had many. He refused to think about the negative impacts of life. But he focused on what is possible. Why? Before he started his ministry, the Bible says he went out for 40 days in the wilderness. And the Bible clearly puts it across that when the devil tries to attack, he didn't say, I'm Jesus, the son of God. I'm part of the Trinity. He said, it is written. That's how he conquered the devil. So what are you saying when the devil comes your way? When the devil suggests things to you? And you cannot say it is written if you don't know the word. Amen. He says, learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. So those who are suffering, Jesus is calling you. 
Those who are stressing, that's why, you know, Nanerpoloso never ufra, Kinkawe. Nakiba fra, Markisha, Paxale fra. Luke 10, 41 to 42. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Martha has one the roof. We are so anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from you. Baena, your salvation, nobody can take away your salvation. Nobody can take away the presence of Jesus in your life. It's only you who can walk away from Jesus. And my prayer, don't worry about many other things. Hey, Maubane, Bishop Matole, Baiteki, Bishop Matole. Uso figaganja, nunga memorize ya mavis. Uso figaganja, when you don't apply the scriptures, his walk, it's a testimony, he's being observed. How he understands the principles of the word of God. That's why today he's made an overseer to watch over spiritual people. If you want to reach that stage, observe to do is not by association. It's by doing, observing to do what the Bible says. God is no respecter of persons. I mean, one <laughs> are the mysteries of Jehovah when we observe to do what the Bible says. So don't be anxious about everything in life. Focus, trust in God. John 14 verse 1 says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe in me. The very scripture says, in the Father's house, there are many mentions. Let not your heart be troubled. John 16:33. In this world, you will have, have troubles, but take heart. I have overcome the world. The very. Uh, Communion that we had, it's a proof that Jesus overcame whatever troubles we had. In conclusion, I'm going to read a scripture from Romans chapter 8, verse 31. It says, What then shall say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for you, who can be against you? No one can be against you if you understand God. Is, but most of us, we don't have that confidence that God is on our side. Let's read John 17 and hear the prayer of Jesus Christ. From verse 1, he says, Jesus spoke this words. He lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. 
Now here is something. The authority that Jesus Christ was given was over all flesh. Were you given authority over flesh? Over flesh. Hmm. Go and do your homework. And this is eternal life. You cannot give eternal life, people in eternal life. You are not given authority over flesh. You are given authority over things. But you can guide people. Does it make sense? Because it's only Jesus who redeemed us so that we have eternal life. And this eternal life, verse 3, that they may know you. Why? So that they may know God, the source of everything. So once you know God as the source of everything, you will never stress. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. We need to know God. We need to know Jesus. If you have faith, but your faith is on Bishop Mosasono, then you don't understand salvation. You don't understand the role of the Trinity. Bishop Musa is just your, 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 your star guiding you to Bethlehem where the child is. He's not the, he's not the actual. So coming to church, having a strong relationship with Bishop Musa, it doesn't mean that your eternity is secured. It's Jesus who gives life. It's Jesus who understands. So we need to understand as the church of God, sometimes we worship the servants of God, and we don't worship Jesus as Lord and Savior of our lives. And that's where we go wrong. It says, verse 4, I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work which you have given to me. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. What is Jesus Christ talking about? He was there in the beginning. He was the word that was spoken so that there is order. Now he says, glorify me. I came here on earth. The spirit became flesh. And as flesh, I fulfilled my mandate. My prayer is that as flesh, you were there with the Trinity because it's the spirit of God inside of you. Or you deny that. Do you believe you are a spirit? Where were you when God created the world? You were in God. And now the Bible says, if ever that be the case, uh, glorify God when you are flesh here on earth, as Jesus Christ glorified God when he was flesh here on earth. So do you understand what the Bible says here? We follow Jesus as Jesus glorifies God. So who are you glorifying as flesh? If you don't glorify God. Because it's the spirit of God that dwells in the inside of you. If the spirit, if Mudima Akata anchor that spirit, are you aware that you are a corpse? So why don't you glorify God? It's not on. We can't do that. Verse 5, verse 6 to 19, it says, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They are yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. So if you keep your word, the word of God, you, you will glorify God. 
Verse 7. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the word which you have given me. It's the word that you are giving. It's the word that will make us to prosper. It's the word. I need to say, Babu May it not just be a song, but be a lifestyle. A lifestyle where we know that we live by the word of God. We understand the power of the word of God. And they have received them and have shown, have known surely that I came from you and they have believed that you sent me. Those who believe that Jesus Christ was sent by God to redeem us are those who will prosper in this life. Verse 9, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me. Just so while I rapping, like you sit at the right hand side, praying for you so that you overcome the world. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but those are in the world. Now, Jesus, don't forget, after, after death and all resurrection and after ascension, he's no longer in the world, but you are still in the world. You made in the image of God. So how are you going to survive the world? By trusting in God, believing in God, understanding the word and the power of God. Amen. And he says, Holy Father, keep them through your name, those whom you have given to me, that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept them, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. The son of perdition is Judas himself. The scripture said to people, but woe unto you if you are Judas in this church. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy filled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. So be aware, you are not of the world. You are of God. The world will hate you because when they see you prospering, they know you are from humble beginnings. And because you observe to do what is written in the world, now they are realizing that it's from here to there. From glory to glory. Your life is changing. And they cannot understand. The secret is you trusting in God Jehovah. You understanding God Jehovah as the source of everything. Amen. Verse 15 says, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. Hmm. Just as I am not of the world. Right? Right? I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. You should keep them there from the evil one. So the protection to be kept away from the evil one, not to take away the evil. 
And how do you keep away from the evil? By living according to the standards of God Jehovah. So that you don't stress. Verse 16. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by thy truth. The word of God is truth. And the word of God, when you live by the principles of the word of God, is the word that will cleanse you. Is the word that will sanctify you. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world... I also have sent them into the world, and for their sakes I sanctify them, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. That's Jesus' prayer for you. Jesus desires for you to be sanctified, to live a clean life, to live a holy life. Let's not make Christianity fashionable by bringing what is not accepted in the house of God. We need to, the Bible says, I prune the leaves or the, the branches that are not necessary for the kingdom of God. And may, may it be so in the house of God. So you realize that as Jesus was stressing just before he died, the Bible clearly puts it across that Jesus Christ was praying because he knew it was not easy. The Bible says, when they killed him, when he died that cruel death on the cross, they wanted to give him that mixture of wine and vinegar. That mixture of wine and vinegar would take away the pain from Jesus. But Jesus wanted to pay a full price. That's why he refused to drink that. He didn't want anything to assist him. He wanted to take all your pains. That's why he's confident to say, cast all your burdens unto me and I will take care of you. So be assured that indeed in Christ Jesus we are sanctified. In Christ Jesus we are cleansed. He took it all for you. And that's why even when he was hanging on the cross, he was able to say those seven famous words. Forgive them, Lord. And when he says it is finished, he says, I fulfilled the task. I was able to be the redeemer. I was able to buy them back from the enemy. And may it be that as you are bored from the hands of the enemy, you'll never go back to Satan. Don't behave like... The wife to Hosea. Does she have a name? Yeah, she does. I've forgotten her name. But this is one person who was bought out of the slave market. On her own, she would go back. Don't do that. On her own, I mean, how many times did Hosea have to go and buy his own wife from a slave market? And my prayer is, let's understand the power that is in the blood of Jesus Christ. May it be that we don't leave the ark. We stay in the ark. We are protected in the ark. We shouldn't stress inside the ark because we know God Jehovah is with us and God will give us victory. Amen. Let us pray. Mighty God, I just want to thank you today for your word. I pray that may we act on the power of your word. May we understand that your word is able to turn around our situation. Father, we give you glory, we give you honor and adoration as you are working mightily in the hearts of your people. Lord, I pray that let none of us resist what your word says. May it be that, Father God, we will humble ourselves before thine word so that the word should sanctify us and cleanse us so that we don't stress about issues of life, but in everything we trust you and we know that you will guide our path through the power of your word. Father, we give you glory, honor, and adoration. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we put an end to stress in the house of God. 
In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Once the way our heads are bowed and our eyes closed. Maybe you are here today. You've never made a decision to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It will be a great mistake if you don't make an altar call so that those who have ate the word should respond. I made that example of the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, and the body reacting. Now, the conscious mind has been exposed to the truth of the word of God. My prayer is that interpret the word of God and act on the word of God, and you will never regret it. If you are in the house today, you want to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, would you please indicate by lifting your hand wherever you are so that we may pray with you. Anyone, God bless you. I see that you've even stood up. God bless you, ma. God bless you. Any other person? Any other person, you are in the house and you feel, you know what, I need this Jesus. I want to be cleansed. I go through a lot of stress in life. And now I want to turn around my life. You are in the house. The presence of the house is here. The presence of the Lord is in the house. God bless you. I see those hands that are being lifted. And now I'm just going to make one, more, one last request. Would you please take all your belongings, come to the altar as symbolic to say, this is how I want to lay down my life before God Jehovah.